0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of tendons from the basic science section on OrthoBullets.com. Tendons function to transfer force from muscle to bone to produce joint motion. Remember that tendons orient themselves along stress. As far as types of tendons, the ones to know include paratenon-covered tendons and sheathed tendons. Examples of paratenon-covered tendons include the patellar tendon and Achilles tendons. They have rich vascular supply and thus heal better, and are often injured due to trauma and most often fail at the musculotendinous junction and the tendon bone junction. Examples of sheath tendons include hand flexor tendons. They are less vascularized and have avascular areas that receive nutrition by diffusion. They are often injured due to laceration and at risk for adhesions. Now let's talk about the anatomy of tendons. We'll go over the composition, structure, blood supply, and cell biology. As far as the composition of tendons, groups of collagen bundles, known as fascicles, are separated by the endotenon and surrounded by epitenon. Tendons are composed of water, collagen, and proteoglycans. Tendons are primarily composed of water. As far as collagen, type 1 collagen makes up 85% of the dry weight of tendons, and type 3 collagen makes up 0 to 5% of the dry weight of tendons. As far as proteoglycans, they make up 0 to 5% of the dry weight of tendons. Two important proteoglycans to know in the context of tendons include decorin and agrican. Decorin is the most predominant proteoglycan in tendon, and it regulates collagen fiber diameter, with a length of 300 nanometers and a diameter of 1.5 nanometers. Decorin forms crosslinks between collagen fibers and transfers loads between collagen fibers. Agrican is a proteoglycan found in areas of tendon compression. This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say it again. Agrican is a proteoglycan found in areas of tendon compression. As far as the structure of tendon, it has a highly ordered hierarchical structure. You have microfibrils, under subfibrils, under fibrils, under fascicles, under the tendon unit. Tendons insert into bone via four transitional tissues of increasing modulus. And these four tissues include one tendon, two uncalcified fibrocartilage, three calcified fibrocartilage that is separated from fibrocartilage by a tide mark, and four bone. Again, tendon is composed of type I and type III collagen, elastin, proteoglycans, and tendon fibroblasts. Uncalcified fibrocartilage is composed of aggrecan, types 1, 2 and 3 collagen and fibrochondrocytes. As far as the tide mark, this is a straight basophilic line separating uncalcified and calcified fibrocartilage, which is a mechanical boundary between soft and hard tissue. Calcified fibrocartilage, which is again separated from the fibrocartilage by a tide mark, is composed of type 2 collagen, aggrecan, types 1 and type 10 collagen and fibrochondrocytes. It has an irregular boundary with interlocking of calcified fibrocartilage zones with bone. And finally, bone is composed of osteocytes, osteoclasts, osteoblasts, type 1 collagen, and apatite. As far as the blood supply to tendons, you have the musculotendinous junction and the osteotendinous junction. You also have vessels from various surrounding connective tissue such as the paratenon, mesotinon, and the vincula. Keep in mind that the FDS and the FDP tendons have two vincula each, vincula longa and vincula brevia. Again, the FDS and FDP tendons have two vincula each, the vincula longa and vincula brevia. As far as the cell biology of tendons, fibroblasts are the predominant cell type. They are spindle-shaped and arranged in parallel rows in the direction of muscle loading. They produce mostly type 1 collagen, which again is 85% of the dry weight of tendons, and they also produce a small amount of type 3 collagen, which is 5% of the dry weight. Keep in mind that fibroblasts are responsible for the healing process. Now let's talk about the difference between a fibrous enthesis, which is an indirect attachment of a tendon, and a fibrocartilaginous enthesis, which is a direct attachment of tendon. We'll discuss the differences between these two with respect to attachment, composition, angle of insertion, and different examples a fibrous enthesis is found in the metaphysis and diaphysis of long bones. The attachment of a fibrocartilaginous enthesis is in the epiphysis and apophysis. As far as composition, the fibrous enthesis is composed of perforating mineralized collagen fibers. And a fibrocartilaginous enthesis has four distinct zones, tendon, fibrocartilage, calcified fibrocartilage, and bone. The insertion angle of a fibrous synthesis changes slightly during motion, while the angle of insertion of a fibrocartilaginous synthesis changes greatly during motion and is thus prone to overuse injury. An example of a fibrous synthesis includes the deltoid humerus attachment, adductor magnus linea aspera attachment, and the pronator teres attachment. An example of a fibrocartilaginous synthesis includes the rotator cuff and the Achilles tendon. Now let's go over some material properties of tendon. As far as characteristics, tendons contain more collagen and are less viscoelastic than ligaments. Again, tendons contain more collagen and are less viscoelastic than ligaments. A tendon enthesis contains free nerve endings responsible for nociception. Again, the tendon enthesis contains free nerve endings responsible for nociception. Keep in mind that a tendon has viscoelastic behavior with nonlinear elasticity so the rate at which tendons seize force can influence the mechanical property. As far as biomechanical effects on tendons, exercise has a positive effect, immobilization has a detrimental effect, there are age-dependent biomechanical effects such as increase in strength from birth to maturity and decrease in strength after maturity. Laser slash heat causes tendons to shrink and the biomechanical effects of tendons vary with exposure to hydration, temperature, and pH keep in mind that tendons should be tested under physiologically relevant conditions as far as advantages of tendons they're strong in tension as they can withstand 5 to 10% as opposed to 1 to 4% in bone disadvantages of tendons include that they buckle in compression and demonstrate creep and stress relaxation as far as load elongation or the stress strain curve in tendons The toe region is the initial nonlinear segment of the curve during low loads due to tendons being, quote, crimped. So again, the toe region is the initial nonlinear segment of the curve during low loads due to tendons being, quote, crimped. The linear region is characterized by intermediate loads and the failure region is characterized by high loads. Now let's briefly talk about tendon healing. And there are four stages of tendon healing. Hemostasis, inflammation, organogenesis, and remodeling. Hemostasis is when platelets initiate the coagulation cascade. Fibrin clot and fibronectin interaction leads to chemotaxis to stabilize the torn tendon edges. This occurs in 5 to 15 minutes. Inflammation is when fibroblasts produce type 3 collagen and macrophages help initiate healing and remodeling. This takes place between 1 to 7 days. Organogenesis is characterized by tissue modeling via large amounts of disorganized collagen and angiogenesis. This takes place between 7 to 21 days. And finally, remodeling is characterized by tissue remodeling replacing type 3 collagen to type 1 collagen. And this can take place up to 18 months. Finally, let's quickly talk about tendon surgical repair. So, as far as strength following repair, tendon repairs are weakest at 7 to 10 days. Most of the strength is seen by 21 to 28 days, and maximum strength is seen at 6 months. But keep in mind that the final strength only reaches two-thirds of normal, even years after repair. As far as early mobilization after tendon surgical repair, this obviously allows earlier range of motion but decreased tendon repair strength. This is beneficial for flexor tendon healing to prevent adhesion formation. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, decorin is a major controlling molecule for 1. Myelin diameter, 2. Non-mineralized bone matrix density, 3. Tendon collagen fiber size, 4. Elastic cartilage thickness, and 5. Axon branching pattern. The correct answer to this question is 3. Tendon collagen fiber size. So decorin is a proteoglycan molecule that regulates the assembly of collagen fibrils in tendons. To quickly review, tendons are composed organized bundles of uniaxially arranged collagen fibrils which are assembled together to generate force from muscles to bone. However, the variability in tendon morphology is multifactorial. At the microscopic level, decorin is an important regulator of tendon structure as it acts as a mediator of fibril growth. Variations in expression of decorin has shown to correlate with both size and density of collagen fibrils and organization. Robinson et al. measured the mechanical properties of multiple tendon tissues in mice with knockout models of decorin. They found that the loss of decorin affected the posterior tibialis, causing an increase in modulus and stress relaxation, but had little effect on the flexor digitorum longus. They concluded that tendons likely are uniquely tailored to their specific location and function at the microscopic level. Zhang et al. performed a biomechanical study on tendon function. They showed that decorin deficient mice demonstrate altered fibril structure and significantly reduced strength and stiffness. They concluded that decorin is a key regulatory molecule in tendon development. Moving on to the next question. A tendon repair is thought to be weakest during which phase of tendon healing? And the choices are 1. Inflammatory, 2. Proliferation, 3. Maturation, and 4. Remodeling. The correct answer to this question is one, inflammatory. Healing after a tendon repair or rupture has the following stages, inflammatory, cellular proliferation, and remodeling. During the inflammatory phase, neutrophils and macrophages migrate into the injury site and release chemotactic factors that recruit fibroblasts. A tendon is thought to be weakest five to 21 days after repair, which coincides with the inflammatory phase. During the proliferative phase, Inflammatory cells secrete cytokines and growth factors, specifically platelet-derived growth factor, insulin-like growth factor, bone morphogenic protein, specifically BMP12 and BMP13, and transforming growth factor beta that promote differentiation of fibroblasts. Fibrosis and decreased cellularity are the hallmarks of the remodeling stage. Moving on to the next question. A 35-year-old woman began to train for a half-marathon. After 8 weeks of increasing her mileage, what changes can you expect in her Achilles tendon? And the choices are 1. Net decrease of type 1 collagen. 2. Net increase of type 1 collagen. 3. Increased diameter of collagen fibrils. And 4. Increased cross-sectional area of the tendon. The correct answer to this question is 2. Net increase of type 1 collagen. So training increases turnover of type 1 collagen, promoting both synthesis and degradation of collagen, and a net increased synthesis of type 1 collagen in tendon-related tissue. Strenuous endurance training has resulted in decreased collagen cross-links, suggesting increased collagen turnover but decreased collagen maturation. In human studies, physical training results in increased turnover of collagen. Synthesis and degradation are elevated initially when beginning an exercise program, but degradation products decrease overall. It is not known if activity levels in humans affect the diameter of collagen fibrils or cross-sectional area of tendons. Moving on to the next question. Tendon fibroblasts detect applied strength through what mechanism? And the choices are 1. Induced apoptosis from tendon loading, 2. Induced cell elongation from tendon loading. 3. Tendon loading mediated cell pressurization. And 4. Deflection of cell cilia from tendon loading. The correct answer to this question is 4. Deflection of cell cilia from tendon loading. So, the primary cilium is a cellular extension present in nearly every cell of the body and has been shown to have critical importance in numerous functions. Emerging evidence in tendon mechanobiology suggests that mechanotransduction signaling is also mediated by the deflection of the primary cilium in response to tendon loading. Induced apoptosis from tendon loading would infer that each time a tendon was loaded and a portion of the tenocytes apoptosed, there would be fewer cells left and no hope for a hypertrophy response to the loads applied. Tendon loading mediated cell pressurization and cell elongation were previously suggested as possible means for a mechanism to mediate mechanotransduction. And moving on to the final question, tendons should have what ratio of matrix protein? And the choices are 1, 65% collagen type 1, and 35% proteoglycans. 2. 80% collagen type 1 and 20% collagen type 6, 3. 95% collagen type 1 and less than 5% collagen type 3, and 4. 95% proteoglycans and 5% tennyson. The correct answer to this question is 3. 95% collagen type 1 and less than 5% collagen type 3. So tendons consist of mainly type 1 collagen, that is 95%, a small amount of collagen types 3, 5, and 6, and proteoglycans, less than 5%. Proteoglycans have highly charged glycosaminoglycan side chains that attract water and help keep tendons well hydrated. Decorin is the most common proteoglycan in tendons and has been shown to bind collagen. Tennyson C is a glycoprotein upregulated in tendinopathy.